Shut up and sit down. I'm gonna pack my wife and kids. I'm gonna hit that western road. I'm gonna hit that Oregon trail. It's coming fall. Before we start this battle, could you pee in this cup? I want to make sure you're clean before I mop you up. You think you're a real biker? You share your trail with cars. Go ride your dinky little bike to the nearest juice bar. Oh, cute, you ride your bike to work. My grams could do that. I'll be doing double backflips while you measure body fat. You ride your bike down roads nowhere. See if I care. You don't have enough skills. Salutations. You are about to listen to the Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. What could go wrong? Here are your words of wisdom for the day. Criticism, like rain should be gentle enough to nourish a man's growth without destroying his roots. Now, let me make it rain on these chuckleheads. Raging bro, you must be running low on your daily EPO. Has anyone told you you look dumb in that hat? You have less hair on your body than a naked mole rat. I love being hairless because it makes me super fast. You can take your eight inches and shove it up your. Oh, wait, you gonna fight me? You wanna fight? Come on! Wow! Come on! Come at me, bro! Come on! What is up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? You guys are <laughs> suffering through another episode of the Dial Podcast. I am your special guest host, Matt Legrand, and I'm here with one Jake Von During. Jake, how are you? Doing well. How are you, Matt? Good, good. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. To his right is the legendary, the amicable... The lovely Lance Romance. Lance, how are you? I am ghosting today. How are Just you? a fraction of myself is a here as Lance Romance. Of yeah. Fraction. The other the other fraction is left out on the gravels. And I'm looking forward to hearing all about that. We'll For talk. sure. We'll talk. To his right, Mr. Evan Price, the workhorse of the dial podcast. How <laughs> True are you? True story. True story. Pretty good. How many times did this intro take us? Um, this is number 37, and, and we was, finally yeah. <laughs> and we finally nailed it. Matt's a slight perfectionist yep. with his intros. Yep. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, I would love to hear a little bit of your backpedal, if possible. Jake, do you have anything for us? Sure. Yeah. We um, had, oh, we, some yeah. of us here at this table, had a little race on Monday night, uh, the short track. Portland International, International, yep, Portland International <laughs> Raceways Short Track. So we went out and did a little race, and um, I got second place. It was good. Wow. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a tough race. I kind of sat in a little too much in the beginning and um, kind of started dealing with some lap traffic as uh, Danny Weichel kind of slipped away from us. He was he was running fast, though. Not, not to take anything away from him, if I had one more lap. Yeah. Just one more <laughs> lap, I think I could have caught him. There's just too many people tiptoeing through these uh, technical sections that I was getting stuck behind, just like pulling my hair out. But it is what it is. That's bike racing. So. He was he had a pretty bad cold the week before. He did, yeah. And he was he was feeling good last yeah. week. So he yeah, just, and I think oh, he cool. he had it out for all of us after he did. <laughs> you know not getting his win. So we'll go chase him around the track again tonight and see if we can figure him out. So we were at like lap two, and I'm right on Jake's wheel, and I'm like, Jake. Danny is getting away. Go. <laughs> but we couldn't catch him. Yeah. Lance kept screaming at me from the... Uh... I kept screaming at him every time he passed me. Not exactly a lot of time Go get him, Jake. Somebody in. Oh, yeah. no. And then I ended up riding on the trainer a bit more throughout the course of the week to give my shoulder a rest. Yeah. Um, that's 
that's just that sucks. I, I hate having to go through that again. But um, I, that rest, I think, is paying off because I'm starting to feel a little bit better. And this past weekend, went camping with my family Ooh. up at Trillium Lake, which was incredible. Absolute blast up there with the family. Um, did some hiking, fishing, and a little bit of bike riding up there. Photography? A little bit of photography as well. Haven't had a chance to edit the pictures yet. I was going to ask if you had a, like a nice landscape photo for me. Uh, will soon, yeah. I've okay. had a couple that turned out pretty sharp. Nice. So. I'm excited um, about that. And I uh, just had a blast. It was a, it was a nice week. And I'm tired <laughs> right now, which I shouldn't be, but I'm tired. But I'm hopefully uh, going to have a little bit more energy for some bike racing tonight. Well, we missed you this weekend for sure. Yeah. And uh, I don't have much of a backpedal because I would prefer Evan to do my backpedal for me. Evan, how oh, was your week? Boy, any, so, any interesting rides? So I'll start. I'll start with the non-ride stuff, and then I will I will backpedal for both me and Matt. Perfect. And a funny little story that we have. So this weekend, uh, pretty normal training week for me. Just kind of getting back into a training block. So nothing too exciting there. But did you crack twenty hours? Or uh, I was right at twenty hours. Okay. So these next five weeks will be over twenty. Just plugging along, basically. But. Uh, I was dog babysitting this week. <laughs> doggy uh, sitting, huh? Doggy sitting, as one may call it, yes. A little puddin' jack. Have you guys ever seen these dogs before? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. It's like a jack Russell. I don't Russell. know what a snack is. Yeah. <laughs> so it's similar. P-U-D-D-I-N, I believe, yeah. So it's it's it was, her name was Bella, and she's adorable. She's this little Jack Russell, and but but puddin', I think, means... Um, like disfigured is oh. what it means, but, but but just like proportionally, they're very different to a normal Jack Russell. So she's got like very short legs, very short <laughs> legs, but she's the cutest little, like quickest little dog you'll ever see, and she can jump like four times her height. It's incredible. When you when you started dragging her around the track at sub five minute pace, like <laughs> she's, how, she pro- well, I don't how long know. did she last before she started just dragging? Behind if the she leash? was jumping the entire time, oh, she fine. could probably do it. But okay. yeah, running. She's quick, but like hiking wise, she would get a little bit tired apparently. But like, I mean, this dog's jumping ability was incredible and she <laughs> loves stairs. That was the funniest thing. That is funny. It was like, a, it was like a cyclist that was built purely for climbing. Like the dog <laughs> would just go upstairs and upgrades very, very quickly. But yeah, that was, that was really the main focus of my weekend was the dog. But on Saturday, Matt and I uh, met up for a fun ride. It was me, Matt, David, and our buddy, Nate. Um, and, Alan Plank. And, and Alan Plank was there too. Yeah. And we're doing a workout that I'm pretty much going to be doing through the rest of the season each weekend, which is we have, um, we, we talk about Larch mountain quite a bit on this podcast. Um, the first section of Larch is Powell road. Okay. So you're talking about the Washington Larch, the Washington, Washington Larch. Larch. Yes. Yeah, so we always have to yeah preface that this is the Washington side Larch. Um, and so that first section of the climb Powell road is pretty uh, surgy, yeah. yeah, steep and surgy at sections, which makes it a really good what like six minute effort usually, somewhere around six. For me, minutes. it's an hour and a half. Okay, so <laughs> about six minutes, <laughs> about six minute effort, and if you go down the descent and loop back around, you give yourself about one to two minutes rest in between because it's a very fast descent coming down, and it works very very well for if you're just looking for threshold repeats. So Saturday. Me, David, and Alan go out there. We get five of them in, and then we meet up with Nate and Matt. Yep. And now we're just going to climb all the way up Larch. So we climb up Larch, and we get to the top, which is an intersection where you can go, what is it, Matt, left to the correctional facility, yep. 
or right down a gravel road. Yeah. Or you can turn around and descend it's, back, which is the correct option. The four way <laughs> stop, right? And you have gravel road, yeah. gravel road, or correction facility. Yeah. Or go back the way you came. Beautiful climb yeah. too. I really, I really yeah, enjoy that that, that, that that ride. Yeah. I felt like we I was pushing hard. So. Oh yeah. It was it was a fun ride. Everybody was is doing well riding, so so we had yeah. a, we had a good pace going up. And we get to the top and this this guy pulls up in a truck next to us. Young gentleman. Young gentleman. Um, honestly, how young would you say you think he is? Like your question if he should be driving or not. I was, know, I of. was, he was smoking a cigarette. I honestly wanted to ask him. I was like, I'm pretty sure you're not 18. Yeah. Like I, you do not look 18. And he's got his younger brother in the car in, in the seat yeah. next to him. When he stuck, his, all of nine. when he kind of like <laughs> stuck his cigarette out the window and kind of like flicked it at us or I whatever. I laughed. At I, him. I, I was like, like, I had to laugh. I was like, wait a minute, because I wasn't sure what was going on, and I, you know, I was like, wait a minute, this guy's not there's cool. virtually no traffic out there correct no. there's, there's like almost no cars he, which, he was able to just stop in the middle of the intersection to yeah. have a conversation with us yeah. <laughs> which made it very awkward because there's no other cars around it's just us and this this 15 maybe 16 like he just got his license last week kid with his nine-year-old brother sitting next to him the only question is like Clearly, he's not old enough to own a gun, but does he have? A that gun? was my. That that was that's my a popular question. place for yeah. people to go up and shoot. Yeah, shoot. yeah. yeah those shooting Absolutely. ranges. When he rolled down the yeah. window, I thought first I was like, "Oh boy, we're uh, right. we're, we're about like, to get yeah shotgun point in our face for a second here." But mm-hmm. um, I'm going to be honest. Matt caught most of what he said. I was really not able to understand him. He wasn't happy with us. Yeah. I'll just put it. He was not trying to have a pleasant conversation with us. Well, I mean, the only part, because so I missed part of it too, and yeah. I'm not sure who it was. He talking I caught to Alan the Plank threat. Or well, whatever. So okay. he was talking to that's, Alan that's for what most of the time. Right? Alan's not somebody you, you don't, screw with. You don't screw <laughs> with Alan. Yeah, I don't I mean, think he knew that Alan's military. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, but also, Alan was handling it very well he because, was. well, Alan wasn't taking, like, none of us were taking, I was just we kind taking of, it too seriously. I thought he, the kid was joking, but he wasn't joking. He was being very serious. He wanted us to be taking him seriously, but we weren't. He basically said, you he, guys need to get off he the road. Thre- he threatened me, which I thought was strange because I hadn't said a word to the kid yeah. yet. And he pointed like directly at me as I'm like taking a sip of my bottle and checking my phone. And he goes, oh, God, how, how do you phrase it? Because you guys need to get off the road or, or I'm going to or I'm going to make you get off the road, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like and that. like oh, he pointed geez. he pointed at me, too, with his cigarette hand as he did it. Really cool. You know, just a little ash flick there at the same time. Kid was real smooth with it. Yeah. And but I, <laughs> I, that's that's what I caught, too. And I was like, OK, that's not cool. Like, no. what's going on? And then here? he rolled the window down all the way. And after he made that threat, but, that was when I thought he was going to pull a gun. Yeah. But then it was like, OK, <laughs> oh, there was like some confusion, like we're not allowed to be biking on the road kind of thing. Like, yeah. He was, and then we were like, he okay, was very well, adamant about that. And, yeah. and we were all like, okay, well let's call the cops. Like, let's do it. Like, yeah. and he was like, well, I was asking him, I was like, would you like us to call the cops and ask if we're allowed yeah. to be on the road? <laughs> yeah. So you got this kid who's probably not even an adult coming up right. to, I mean, yes, we're cyclists, but we're, we're in shape and there's yeah. what a half dozen of you guys. It yeah. was a bold move from him. Cause also <laughs> like Lance said, Alan, well, Nate's also like, I could understand me and Matt. I wouldn't be annoyed. No, <laughs> me and Matt, Nate, I'd be like, I could mess with these guys all day but yeah which nate was this uh Ansboro, yeah okay yeah. strong guy yeah. very strong guy well in in plank i would not mess with no plank. no alan uh, plank is not somebody i'd be like yeah this is the guy well, i'm gonna harass I, I said this to my wife i was like the like ha- i mean i'm the old one in the group for sure right but like the group's like you know late 20s a whole bunch of guys early 30s or whatever it is like I would not mess with six guys that are like 30 years old. No. Like, I, that's not who I would mess with. <laughs> right. Those, don't I'm mess 15. with those guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
yeah, just you, that that would be. He the, had some he had some liquid courage in him. The, probably that's, that's what we thought that too. Was, so so I started kind of I started calling him on that, and that's I like, think when he got a little bit angry. I, I think so too. Because like, I kept you, on telling him, I was like, "Hey, big guy, you 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 look a little drunk right now. You're you were like, drunk you been, behind that you wheel, been drinking, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah." And I kept on calling him big guy. I don't think he liked that very much. I was trying I was trying to belittle the kid, but like. I mean, we so I, I basically told him I was like, if you don't drive away, we're just gonna call the cops now. Like, you yeah. need to you need to get along. And he did not, so we called the cops. <laughs> so yeah. you had to call the cops. We called the yeah. cops. He he oh. was not gonna drive away. This was like a 10, 10 minute conversation. Yeah. So we called the cops and like He's, had his license plate yeah. right because we were all just standing, standing there. Right. Yeah. He sped and off down the wrong side of the road. Yeah. <laughs> he finally just took off. Yeah. He just took off. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and then you're looking behind you the whole rest of the ride. Right. That was well. The nerve wracking thing was that uh, David had decided to take it easy up large. David was still climbing. He at was that still point. coming up. That was why. That was the main reason I thought we need to call the cops because I was afraid this David, kid was going to speed right. down the road and do something to David. Right. So right. Who's yeah. by himself? Yeah. 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 Luckily, he did not. But yeah. Yeah. And we saw David right after he like took off. So we were like, okay. Yeah. You know, that was that was scary. Yeah. It's it's creepy. Yeah. You don't want to have a, an interaction like yeah. that. Yeah. It's one thing just to get yelled at outside of cars. It's another thing for somebody to stop, take time out of their day, and make a threat towards right. you. It's like, oh, crap. Like, this is, yeah. You're you know, kind of out in the middle of nowhere. I, I'm used <laughs> to getting, like, milkshakes thrown at yeah. me. Or people, <laughs> people honk their horn, or they roll coal on you. You know, I'm used to yeah. that, but not yeah. the full-on conversation. Yeah, the 10-minute discussion. <laughs> well, and then I was thinking, like, oh, Evan, wasn't the, one of the last times I rode with you, we had this weird guy, like, <laughs> yes. I'm sure it's a couple podcasts back where we talked about some guy, like, right. about, stay off the white line. Get off the white line. <laughs> maybe that was, so, so our joke, me and Matt's joke was like, maybe that was it. We were riding on the white <laughs> line again. We're on the white we line. We just have to get off the white line. <laughs> you two are bad juju together. We are. Uh, we are. I don't think, so. I don't know what it <laughs> and is. And neither of us are aggressive. Like, I no, think we're some we're of the least mellow. aggressive cyclists you'll ever meet. Yeah. Why people just seem to it must be our faces. I don't know. No GoPro that day. I did not have a GoPro. Uh, I maybe really it's the wish fact I did. that we were triathlon but cycling I did, I mean, shoes when we cycle. We had enough time. I pulled my phone out and press record. Like so, I have Plank like got it. Oh, Plank got you, it. Plank was recording too. Mm-hmm. Plank was recording yeah, too. I don't have. Plank got most of it. Yeah, yeah. Did I didn't you guys have, share I, that with the the police. I think Plank was planning on Plank it. Plank yeah. was okay. Yeah. That's good because mine my recording is not that good. Like I have like the color of the car, which the yeah. make of the car, whatever. Right. But I don't have anything else. So yeah. Yeah, unfortunate. Yep, but yep. hey, it was a great ride. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah, I love climbing in and this I, region. I um next little, time next yeah. next time me and Matt drive together, we're probably gonna have another funny story. I'm sure. Probably, so. <laughs> we should probably just do more rides. That we have a guy in a helicopter come down and be like, "Hey, oh, off the road, <laughs> get off the white line, <laughs> get off the white line." Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I kept riding a little bit more and um, climbed, um, did a whole bunch more climbing with Nate, and mm-hmm. then on my way home by myself, Di two gave out. Oh, the oh, battery went just, down. But here's the great thing about um, Shimano is just like your front. Your front gives out in your back. You're, you're just spinning the rest of the way. Right. So right. I had about an hour to get home with like just the back gears. But it's mostly a climb back home. So it's not too bad. Spun out a lot of times, but that's how it goes. <laughs> yeah. And that's just me not paying attention to I had recharging. that happen to me probably a month or two ago. Yeah. And it, we were at Multnomah Falls when it happened. I'm oh, like, ah, this oh, is going to suck. So we, <laughs> Chris Hannell was with me. So we pulled his battery out real quick just so I could use his battery's power to put me in the big ring. And I'm like, I'm just going to big ring at home if I can get it back oh. in there, which we were able to do. And then I just used the rear, you know. Uh, the only thing that sucks about it is because you lose the auto trim. 
So yep. if you're in the exchange, oh, you're, you're getting a little bit of rubbing. But <laughs> at least I wasn't yeah, get a yeah. 120 cadence trying to get home at 15 <laughs> oh miles God. an hour. So. I kept, I kept, th- yeah, I was like super high cadence, and I kept thinking to myself, this is probably good for me because I never do cadence work. <laughs> like it's one of those things that we were like, maybe we'll talk about cadence drills and stuff on the podcast. Like after that podcast, whenever we do it, I'll start doing cadence work. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and work. and when my di two gives out, yeah, let's so. battery die. That happened to me last year at the Tour de Blast. Oh yeah, there was this huge downhill, and I'm oh, I'm spinning at 150 <laughs> cadence. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> trying to keep up with the guys because I was in the small ring. But <laughs> my uh, DI2 once gave up on me on the trainer. It was terrible. I had to walk all oh, the way boy. home. Oh. <laughs> Lance, you you didn't bike this week, did you? Oh, I did a little bit of biking this week. Really? <laughs> I did. I thought you were giving up the bike. <laughs> I thought I'm, I'm thinking about it at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> the shell of Lance okay. here. <laughs> Okay. So yeah, um, I guess the week started with uh, I did short track with Jake, and Jake took second. I took third, right behind Jake. Oh, so I actually, I, I actually had it's a pretty good. decent race. I mean, I felt good. I wasn't puking. My heart rate was down like ten beats because there you go. Yeah, I was rolling into <laughs> shape a little bit better. So and that was that was a lot of fun. Those short You're just recovering from that vacation, I think. That vacation. Certainly was a blast, but it did damage yeah. to my fitness. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Note to self: schedule that at a different time next time. Yes. Yeah, that needs to be a December trip. <laughs> it, it was. It was scheduled around our anniversary, and that was the whole point. But that it. Just, well, why'd you get married hurt. then? I should have got married in June. <laughs> Stupid. Anyway, so um, the big thing for me this week is I did the Oregon Trail Gravel Grinder uh, stage race, and I, you know. Thinking about it right now, at this point, it was a phenomenal event. It was super fun. It hurt a lot. It was very difficult. Um, it was about 350 miles, uh, almost 30,000 feet of climbing over five days. Five um, stay, uh, days. Um, every day for me was four or five or six hours Ouch. Of, of racing. Ugh. And, uh, yeah, you know, it was... I really want people to want to do things like this because it was like this huge adventure. And for there were only about 300 people that did the race um, because it's a it was a point to point gravel stage race. So you would you you'd, you'd finish the the race and you'd roll into camp and they would have this great meal for you. Um, you'd have to set up your tent and people were tent and camping. There would be places to shower or there'd be a lake or a river you could bathe yourself in um the catering was fantastic the organization was really good it just was was it expensive because i mean that's a lot of stuff for them to do for you yeah yeah good it, it's because it's like cycle organ or, right. or yeah. you know it, it's all the you know difficulties of cycle organ but we're racing as well um in remote locations in remote locations yeah. the, the first two days there wasn't even cell service really right the first two days so what was, if you don't mind me asking, what was the cost? Um, I'm trying to remember because I believe I paid $700 okay. to do it, but I signed up like the super first yeah. week super early, and I had a discount code because I had done Rebecca's Private Idaho last year, and, oh, okay. it, and it was okay. the same promoter, and he says, if you've done this and you want to do this gravel race, we'll give you a code. Late registration, I believe, was as much as $1,200. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. How much is an Ironman, Matt? Um, usually around 700. Okay. So you're basically paying for an Ironman. Yeah. Well, you get five days. Five days and your camping and your meals and your transportation and, you know, everything kind of taken care of. So, 
So and you don't have to swim or run. And you don't have to swim or run. <laughs> the um, every day was really difficult. The first day, um, it was about seventy-five miles and about seven thousand feet of climbing or something like that. And there was a section where we actually raced on the old Oregon wagon road trail. Oh, cool! That is unimproved. <laughs> yeah. So there, there were sections where, you know, great gravel riding, and then we hit this six-mile section that was supposed to just be unimproved, and it had turned to like moon dust. It was like, it was like six or eight inches deep sand. Ooh. For six miles. It was so hard. There were sections people, you had to get off and walk that it was, the sand was so soft. I mean, you know, you you prep for a cyclocross race and you're going to go, you know, 50 meters through the sand. This was six miles of that. And they knew this. Well, it wasn't as bad, but then they had all this dry weather. And when it dried Uh, out, the uh sand just got like deep. Yeah. And so it made it really difficult. Did you um, look at your power profile for those six miles? Oh yeah. Well, you put. I mean, just to move, you're putting up 300 watts. Yes, right? yeah. To move. Just just yeah. to to keep to moving not fall forward. Over. Yeah. <laughs> Where was the team car with your fat bike? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh yeah. Could swap out. So, yeah, the the guy that won that day, Carl Decker, who is a pro from from yeah. Bend on the Giant Factory um, off road yep. team, uh, he he was riding 55s. And he rode 55. What fork fits for 55? He, he just, you know, he... That's, he's got access to things. <laughs> yes, he's got oh, okay, access got it, to yeah. things. It's a and he, and he rode, <laughs> and you had to kind of ride the same, you had to ride the same bike the whole week. Uh, um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. But... Um, Was that a stipulation of the race? Yeah. Okay. yeah if you if if you swap to a different bike, then you wouldn't be in the race. You you could just what about swapping complete, wheels? Complete you could bring another set of wheels if that you wanted, and lots of people did. Yeah, that makes sense. What were you riding? Yeah. Were I was riding forties. Forties. Yeah, okay. Donnelly MSO forties. Um, I had just put them on. My tires were actually fantastic. Yeah. But that first day, um, I had way too much tire pressure. Do you uh, remember what you were running? Yeah, I was running like forty. And that's pretty that's too much. Yeah. And it was too much. So in the soft sand, I'd literally crashed three times. <laughs> I, I, you know, the front wheel would just dig in. And one time I crashed so hard, my handlebar just jammed me right oh. in the thigh. And I have, I have this huge bruise and contusion on my, on my, my right thigh, where every pedal stroke I took for like the next two days, it just hurt, it just hurt so bad. So. Um, and then we, we got through that part and there were several people went down, you know, there were, unfortunately there were broken collarbones and oh. lots of crashes and oh, that's separated shoulders. The and, that's not good. Yeah. So there they were, have an ambulance like on the uh, ready. They, they had a guy on a motorcycle. You couldn't get an ambulance back no. there. Yeah. So they had the a guy on the gator. Just throw you back on the gator. Yeah. They had two guys <laughs> in motorcycles that were, that paroled, you know, or patrolled the course just to make. You know, keep people safe and whatnot. Yeah. So, but then I got to the gravel section. It was a big, beautiful, bombing downhill gravel section, and too much tire pressure. I totally overcooked a corner oh, and lost my boy. front wheel. Okay. So I went down hard again. Just mm. Superman sprawled across the gravel. You can see my your oh, elbow. Yeah. Your face looks okay. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I gotta. I preserved the money maker. There okay. You go. Good. <laughs> the money maker. The rest okay. of the rest of you. I had to kick you off the podcast otherwise. <laughs> I took all the skin off my my leg and my hip and my side and my <laughs> elbow, 
And uh, yeah, I, I went down pretty good, but I'm glad you're okay. Yeah, I, I really didn't get hurt. You know, they just I just took Lost skin off. Skin, yeah. yeah, but uh, the next five days, it was, and it just it just kind of got harder every day. The hardest day was the third day, and it was 70 miles and 10,000 feet of climbing, and the day started with a 23 mile climb that was 5,000 feet. Off the gate, five thousand foot climb. It took me Good like two God. hours. What mountain were you guys climbing? Jeez. It, we crossed over the Cascade Range from the uh, Bend Sisters area yeah. into the Willamette Valley. Did a that's a, a beautiful area. Yeah, though. went yeah. through part of the Willamette Valley and then crossed back over the <laughs> Cascade Range and ended up. So that's what got you ten thousand yeah. basically over well, the range and back over the range. No one that one stage was over the range. Then and then you had like a transfer stage yeah which was only three thousand feet but it was 20 miles of soft sand in a oh 50 mile gosh. stage the stages ended up being much more difficult than anybody anticipated they were all really do you think really they'll difficult. change the course next year or do you I, think they'll do i think i think they'll they'll know better what to prepare people for how many people okay. actually finish the whole thing i have 300 um, there was, there was less than a dozen people didn't finish. So wow. most everybody, that's it impressive. Was, it was pretty hardy group, yeah. but a bunch of people who came to race quit racing. Yeah. Got that it. makes sense. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I was just thinking like, Lance, I hope you take it easy for the first couple of days and just enjoy. And it's just like, man, you can always race the last day. I feel like it's hard it's to just like, like enjoy you, when you're in deep sand though. You know, yeah, oh, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I think well, you it's know, hard to, it's hard to like toe the line and then not, not I didn't race. really, yeah. I, I, I'm not a, for me to do a 10 mile climb, that is not my thing. No. You know, I, I can just, I ground up the climbs and, and yep. get to the top of them. The downhills I loved, of course. Mm. Um, but it was just difficult to, to kind of stay on pace. I, I kept improving my result every day. Yeah, that's fine. As the week went on, um, you know, I was in the top 50, and then I was in the top 40, and then I was in the top 30, and then, you know, so I, yeah. I, I improved my, you know, my GC position every yeah. day, even though I was not really racing anymore and not trying to go super hard because Just it was... survive at that yeah. point. Everyone yeah. else was, yeah. Like, you finished, we finished day four, I did not want to even start the next day the last day it was 75 miles and and 5,000 feet of climbing and i i didn't even want to start Jeez. but you know you just get on your bike and go and um i actually felt pretty good the whole day so oh, that's four days of built-up fitness right, right there yeah right <laughs> So Ooh. go figure. So you just like rode yourself back into your early yeah. season fitness. Yeah. Uh, a little days, bit. Basically. You know, yeah. I'm just like, I'm just completely shot right now. You know, and it was, it was 25 hours of racing, you know, just, just in five days, 25 hours, 25 hours of ridiculous. racing. It's like a typical seven day training week for me. And that's three sports. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine being on one bicycle for so 25 hours. My bike worked really well. I didn't have mechanicals. I never had a flat tire. You use your gravel bike? I did. It's in which what type of bike is that? Is it Canada? It's a it's a Norco. Oh, the Norco one. Yeah, the yeah. Norco um, XR Search. It's a carbon gravel bike. It's in it's in good shape. So Nice. And then I was just surprised I never had a mechanical, never had a flat. There were lots of flats and lots of issues out there, but Here's my big question for hours, you. No flats. That's good. You going to do it again next year? That's a good question. You're going to do the Idaho one next year, right? I'm signed up to do the Idaho one this year. This year. Oh, yeah. I forgot that that's it's actually. It's in September. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's over Labor Day. So, 
next year you'll think about it? I'm going to have to think about it. I mean, it, it was in camp was a blast. Right. I'm, you're rubbing shoulders with all these gravel heroes. Just do the camp part. You know, that's right. <laughs> Volunteer be on staff, yeah. <laughs> I was lucky that I had, you know, my wife and our van, and I, yeah. I slept in the van every night, and I'm camping next to, you know, Yuri Hausfold and his mom and and Josh Berry and Barry Wicks and Carl Decker and, you know, all these, like, super cool pros and Allison Tetrick and Casey Armstrong and, and uh, cool. Sarah Sturm. All these these world-class like gravel pros they were all at this race anybody colin strickland who just won dirty kansas strickland yeah he was there and also we, a guy who beat world tour riders correct that were like a real yes. bona fide cyclist he, yeah. he did not have a good race same we shared some did time he, not win? he he did not he um um oh yeah you already said it was carl um, decker no decker won, won yeah won okay. overall the gc yeah oh wow where'd wow. he place did he have mechanicals or anything uh well day one we shared some time in the medical tent together got it okay so he, was <laughs> <laughs> so he went down as well as i did yeah so and so we were swapping scabs yeah <laughs> if anybody's looking one. for some cool youtube videos too that this year's kanza was awesome yeah it was a really really would you consider doing Dirty Kansas? Is that is that on your your bucket list of rides? You know, um, two hundred miles. Is. I know it is. It's got to be. Well, I I would like yeah. to do it, but two hundred miles in Kansas heat does not um, sound. Oh, it's not a pretty ride. <laughs> I just think I've done that drive me. now three times. I can tell you, I don't know where they're riding, but I would imagine it's nowhere pretty. <laughs> I just imagine I've done STP twice, and that's yeah, two hundred and six yeah. miles, and and that's flat road. That's flat. I mean, it's five thousand ish feet of climbing over two hundred and six miles. Yeah. That's not that much elevation gain in the grand scheme. No. It's just like tiny rollers for the entire course. And you're on road tires. And I think about how <laughs> like tired I am after that, and you just beat, nine yeah. and a half to ten hours of ride time. You're beat. Yeah. Now, layer on top of that, riding on gravel roads on a gravel slower, bike, going longer. much slower and yeah. having to put in a lot more work. Probably hotter. double the time. Much hotter. Yeah, that the, just the winners were 10 hours at Kansas Jeez. or like 940, I think was what I think, Strickland I think did. it was just barely under 10 hours. And, yeah. you know, well, like Taylor Finney finished in 14 hours. He had he had some mechanicals right. that day, but his teammates, uh, Alex Howes and, oh, I forget. Lockheed Morton. Yeah, Lock yeah, Morton, who yeah, is a about him. really cool story. Yeah, which, Morton is a very, very cool yeah, story. He's, our, he's probably one of our favorites from the, you know, our podcast favorite pro yeah. rider. Absolutely. <laughs> in my opinion. Yes. Yeah, He's so. the goofiest of that group. Well, I don't know. There's some goofy guys in that group. Yeah. Hal's and Finney are both pretty goofy. Yeah. It'd be pretty cool. It, it was just really cool to rub elbows with all those people and, and all the pros. And, you know, we're all just eating together and hanging out together. Yeah. And you've got all night. Yeah. Because we're just kind of. This is, this is hanging, why endurance so. sports is incredible. I mean, really think about like how awesome endurance sports are. I've, I've always thought this even with triathlon is like you can just be sitting in a meeting next to like, you know, like Sebastian Kindly. Like, yeah, right. I mean, what other like LeBron James doesn't go and just like play basketball right. in Seattle in a gym with just a bunch of guys <laughs> of like on a weekly basis. Like that just doesn't happen. Yeah. It was a huge logistical challenge for them to put this on. Yep. I'm really impressed, you know, the way it went down. Um, but I'm yeah, I'm, I'm pretty whooped. Yeah. Maybe ask him in like two weeks if you do it again. Yeah, we yeah. should. And then you, you have you had a rest day yet? Did you race or yesterday? Was, yesterday was yeah. No, so I have not had a rest day yet. Okay, and, and I'm and I'm gonna go race short track tonight. Okay, good. You don't need to rest. No. I can rest. And and the teams keep trying to get me to race the Baker City Classic this weekend, which oh, okay. is the four stage road race. And oh god, that'll 
That'll lead well into our topic for today. I don't think I'm going to do it. Yes, I love it. We yes. should just all do Lance for this topic. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Forget it's the rest a good of us. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we, we'll, we'll come back to that. We took a little wager, kind of a wager. How many sprint vans were there? Oh, that's oh right. yeah. I forgot about that. Um, there was about a dozen. Oh, what did you I, say, 15? I thought there'd be 15. The over under was 15, wasn't it? And you thought yeah. there'd be like 25. Yeah. Um, there was only about a dozen. It, it logistically that made it hard because you had to have a driver. Somebody had to true, drive. True. And so, but there were. When you think about the majority of the people doing this race, they probably you're planning you know, for it for a while, yeah. And, yeah. and you could probably get away and probably have means and access to to nice stuff like that. So I don't yeah, know. well, uh, yeah, uh, uh, there was a bunch of vans there. the The giant factory team they had brought a van. So there was three or four that were there doing that. Barry Wicks had a van. Yuri Hosvold, they rented a little RV and his mom drove it around. <laughs> That's cool. That the, very cool. The Lance Hepler also was in the Sprinter the van Lance group. The Lance Hepler was in the Sprinter van group. Did you get heckled at all? Um, I, I, I did get heckled a little bit. I got called Lance Romance a few times and I got called out a few times and I, I was the only dialed team member there, which is the first race I've done this year that I didn't have a teammate with me. Wow. I that dialed has probably been at every race in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> but it was pretty cool. But Excellent. then, but then you start getting, you know, recognized by people, you know, I yeah. roll up on, you know, Anna Grace Christensen, who is a local, um, pro for, you know, auto lock. And she's like, Hey Lance, how's it going? Or, you know, yeah. it, it, it was just there. There's so many cool pros in this region cool. too. There really are. Like, there's a lot of like off-road cycling pros too, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So, well, yeah. that's a little bit of local news. Do we have any more local news? Do, so, our next segment that's somewhat new to our podcast is is called the Lead Out News, where we kind of talk about local news, mm-hmm. regional news, and national news. Not a ton of stuff going on right now. I feel like we're in a little bit of a lull uh, yeah. between major, you know. I'd say major races on the world scene. Yeah. Uh, but there, are there any there's more some, like regional local news that we want to talk about or uh, there's some local news. That, yeah. Um, Hit us with it, Jake. Senate bill nine, nine, eight. We've talked about that before, but it passed and it passed pretty overwhelmingly a 21, eight vote. Um, we're basically cyclists can now treat stop signs and, um, intersections four way intersections with flashing red lights, um, as a yield. So they can go through there as long as it's, you know, them slowing down to a safe speed they don't have to come to a full and complete stop. So they don't have to come to a complete stop, but I was told that they weren't supposed to be on the road. <laughs> Is that right, Evan? That's only for Oh, no, 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 no. It's just, it's just as long as they're not on the white line. Oh, that was it. Yeah. That's <laughs> just Clark County rednecks saying that you can't yeah, be We're talking about road. Oregon. We're not talking about Washington. And you were in oh, Washington, buddy. My bad. My Stay bad. off that white line. <laughs> Washington large, yeah, not so, Oregon large. Ah. But that's pretty, that's pretty neat. I that mean, is, that is big. That is kind of like we get chastised for that a little bit. Even around here locally, if we don't yep. come to a full and complete stop, put a foot down, we'll get yelled at sometimes. And yeah. it's just because people don't like cyclists. But, you know, usually the, the safest thing for a cyclist to do is just to slow down. And Learn then, a track stand. Exactly. <laughs> slow down to a safe speed and then progress through the intersection if it's, you know, if it's your turn or if it's free and clear for you to do so without having to come to a full and complete stop. I think that that's an excellent move, and I hope that other states take uh, take a note and and make the same progress. I hope so too. Yeah, 
Yeah, I I would say you know one bit of caution is like don't just blow through stop signs because yeah, don't I don't be I, that guy. I, I I was biking you know on I guess it was McGilvery or something like that, you know, and I I do this all the time where I I kind of come to an almost stop. You slow way I down. Slow way down, and then sure I it's clear. Get to the point where you basically have to kind of stand up on the bike to get the bike moving again or whatever it is, and that you know gives me the chance to like make sure there's no cars that are about to just blow through the sign or whatever. And across the street you see the other traffic going the other way, and I saw a guy. I just not even slow down, just fly through a stop sign, a cyclist. And I was just like, hmm, okay. I, I can see why that would anger. It wasn't Evan, was it? I, I don't do that. Okay. Don't give me that. <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was going so fast. It could have been. Actually, I don't think the guy was going fast enough to be Evan. But, uh, yeah, I almost yelled at him. And then I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> I'm not the police. Uh, That's the 40-year-old news speaking room. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Get off my lawn. <laughs> Uh, any more local news that we want to talk about? I, you know what? Not not really. I mean, there was another race this weekend, and I'm not going to lie. I haven't even gone to see what the, re- the results, results were. Yeah. It's the, the best of both. And oh. I know that we had some teammates who did it, but that. I have no idea how anybody did. I have no idea what the final results were. We'll I was pretty much, yeah, yeah, I was disconnected um, yeah, while I was were. gone camping. So. You know, I looked at those results and I didn't see a whole lot of names that I even recognized. Yeah, it's down in Bend, wasn't it? It wasn't Bend, and it was a sixty-mile road race, and then you hopped on your mountain bike and did a twenty-four-mile section on a single track. Okay, well, that's cool. So yeah, so you could swap bikes in between the two. Yeah, that's cool. And um, I guess Seth Patla he took third in the Masters men. Rob Angelo is a is somebody we've yep. raced against. He took second in the Masters men. The winner was. David Pitts. Okay. And Danny Weichel actually went down and did it. He took seventh in the Masters Men. Oh, maybe he'll be tired tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. He also just got a brand new hardtail bike. Uh-oh. And he, he is trouble. like, he's ready to fly on yeah. it. So I heard about that. Um, in the Open Men, yeah, it's names I don't even recognize. Sean Davis, Cody Peterson, and Big Brandt. So I think there must be mostly... Bend local, guys, local yeah. Bend guys, yeah, probably pretty quick. Yeah, does it look like they had good uh, registration there? No, no, oh, no, that's too bad. That's I would expect that to be good. really popular. I would so expect most Bend races to have good attendance, but maybe it was just because there's been so much racing lately. I guess twenty in the Open Men, the Masters had fifteen. You do have to have a road bike and a mountain bike to, to compete. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, that kind of narrows yeah, it. Yeah, narrows things down a little bit. You're taking guys who dabble in both, but yeah. Yeah. Um, what about international news? There, there is some. Even though we're we're in a little bit of a a slight lull period right before the start of the Tour de France. On correct me if I'm wrong, Jake, July fifth. I that believe the, so. Yes, we start. Yes. So, some really big news leading into the race, though. Uh, Tommy Dumoulin will not be racing. Chris Froome will not be racing. Correct. You could argue those were the two favorites. Yeah. There's a good argument to say that those were your two tour favorites. Why is yep. Why is Dumoulin not racing? His knee. Yeah. He took the uh, oh, chain ring to the he knee. Did yeah. chain ring to the mm-hmm. knee. That's it just hasn't right. been healing the way that he wanted to, which is a shame because the guy had really built a ton of fitness through training leading into this Grand Tour season. I think it's been, I mean, obviously very disappointing for him. So, yeah. But, um, so this, this really leaves it open, which not that I'm ever excited to see anybody get injured, but with those two guys gone, it could be a really fun tour. That's what I was like thinking. Like a really exactly. fun tour. Yeah. yeah. You just don't know. And it, we're going to get surprised by somebody. Yeah. And there's going to be... Garrett Thomas has crashed recently, as we were yeah. talking Correct. before. Yep. So, I mean, you, you have... Just on Thomas's team, you, you have some, some competition between himself and Bernal, 
who is, you know, he just won the tour to Swiss. He's fit right now. Yep. He's real fit. So, I mean, that's that itself is it seems like every single year in the tour you have some team that has a GC contender battle going on between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, here's here's my hot take for the tour and we're and we're going to have more like yeah. discussions on the tour. Yeah. Maybe we'll I do think, like a special episode or something. I think this is the sneaky year when a Frenchman is going to win the tour for the first time since I'm getting this right. I looked this up before 1983 Bernard Hanault was the last one. The Badger was the last the Frenchman to win the tour. Hmm. It's wow. been a long 1983. Time. Think about it. 1983 was the last time that a hometown guy won the Fr- the, the, the Tour de France. That's you, hard to believe. You weren't even born yet, were you? No, I was not even close <laughs> to being born yet. I wasn't even ballpark born yet. <laughs> I was already like riding bikes, you know, on the on you the were, tour course. You were just barely riding bikes at that point. You were. I think I had already conquered, you know, some of the major tours, Alpe d'Huez and things like that. that your 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 backyard hill. That was yep. about it. <laughs> yep. We call it Von Two. But yeah. yeah. So the uh, another triathlon international news very quickly okay. is Jan Frodeno has decided he will not race seventy point three worlds. Which I don't think is that big of a deal. Which is huge for me because now I have a chance to win oh, 73 okay. worlds. Thank goodness. <laughs> you're, you're so. in. That's in. That is a joke. I think that's, it. I think that's in Nice, France. Yes, this it year. is. And, and it's going to be in September. Very, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's the same weekend as Santa Cruz 73, but um, it will be uh, a very, very hilly course, which I think oh. the reason, in a quote, he had said that the bike course did not favor him. I think the reason he's not doing it is because he's going to focus on Kona, which yeah. makes sense. You yeah. can't do both. You couldn't. You, do, you can though, if you're Danielle Reef, but yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. I bet you there'll be a couple people that do both. Probably, I would, I would be like Lucy Charles. Probably, I would do Lucy that. Charles. Do well, both. I, I think she may. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that'll be really great to watch for sure. I'm excited to see that race mm-hmm. and definitely the World Championships. We'll have to do another and triathlon takeover we before. Is you know whenever before when it gets close to October yeah. timeframe <laughs> no. and. Alistair, no. <laughs> Alistair Brownlee, Alistair Brownlee, the gold two-time gold medalist, will be racing Kona this year as well. All right, that's our next really topic the for the day. Is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he. We can't call him Madison. He raced in Ireland. Ireland. Didn't he race in Ireland? Oh. Yes, he did. Cork, Ireland. He did won he get the race. second? Or he got he first? Won. Okay, yeah. All right. Punch um, I will push forward with the next topic. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it's all about the next topic's all triathlon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, so I I noticed this like Twitter message just totally random and it was it was kind of like an odd one and it said you know um, that there's a fair amount of amateur cyclists that train harder than pros and it kind of you know you think for a second and you're like no and then you're like oh wait yeah maybe I see where they're coming from and that would be like you know amateur cyclists aren't recovering you know they just go hard every day and they you know train put in some serious volume and stuff like that whereas your pros you know will have like this training regiment that's like this day we go hard recover recover hard you know and just it's slightly different style of training and it got me thinking and i was like you know what would be interesting is if we went around the circle here of our little group and kind of critiqued each other's training and intensely criticized each other uh, yes <laughs> and evan what did you call this like idiots Idiot. Idiots <laughs> criticizing Idiot. other. No, no, it was idiots giving advice to idiots. Yeah, idiots giving advice to idiots. I thought that was solid. Um, and so, if you guys want to, and feel free, you know, you can skip whoever you want to. It doesn't matter. There's no rules to this. Uh, but the person that came to mind, and for me, it was Lance Hepler. Yeah. I'm when get I saw that, up on here, and, I can feel it. I have well, like one word yeah. on my thing for Lance. Well, <laughs> it's perfect because you, you know, you just did 350 miles of of racing at race effort, and I'm just thinking, like, you know. Lance pretty much just kind of goes hard all the time. 
Like there's, you know, and I think you would be the one person that would potentially benefit from that style of like, Hey, you know, having a day that's more of a recovery day, you know, or a couple of those days where it's like just a couple of recovery days, like, yes, hard, hard, you know, whatever it is, three, maybe four times a week, probably three. And then actually sprinkling in some like recovery days specifically so that you would race better. That's, that's, you're, you are the person that I thought of when I thought of this topic. And then I was like, okay, well then what recommendations would I have for Jake and Evan? And, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it, you know, and Evan is like sleep. He's doing he does it perfectly. It. No. <laughs> Evan, Evan is perfect. And I thought, up once. oh wait, he doesn't sleep, you know? And I wonder if you could be faster or potentially, um, increasing your, you know, your performance or your collecting more benefits by just maybe kind of like taking in a couple extra hours of sleep a week. And I don't know, but sometimes I'll see on Strava that you'll go out for a run and I'm like, that's starting your run at 10 o'clock or starting your whatever. And so you do some late workouts for sure. And there's, you have to be at the pool at what time? Five, five, usually five fifteen or something like that. There's, there's only so many hours in the day. So that's, you're cutting in sleep, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially. And you're working 50 hours a week. It's mostly the work. Yeah. It's 50. So yeah. your, t- it's your a tough. training yeah. load is usually about 25 hours a week. Usually. Yeah. This next block will be about 25. What would happen week. if you swapped out five hours of that training for five hours of actual deep sleep? I'd probably be faster. Maybe here's, well, here's, here's the, the, my, my main problem is that all those little X factors that people talk about, like, you know, really cr- like critically looking at your nutrition, yeah, quality sleep, uh, feet time up, you know, stuff like that. I have, I'm like a D minus at all those S fa- X factors. Right. Like I'm bad at it. But for, for me, the most important thing with training is that I'm still like happy and yep. cultivating other parts of my life. Yeah. So I always have to weigh that balance of like, would adding an hour of sleep a night take some time away maybe from, you know, time with Cassie yep, or time absolutely. with friends yeah. right. or time as a PT, which is very important to me. So it, no, it's not going to take yeah, away from that. Yeah. Cause you're going to take it out of your training. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. So, See, and this is how messed up I am with that is to me. It'd be like, Oh, I'd have to take that away from other things. Cause training so set in stone in my yeah, mind, yeah. which it doesn't need to be, but that's how I've set it up in my well, life. Well, I mean, I feel like you do need the swim stuff. Like, you know yeah. that, you know, that's the spot where you need to, you know, put some work in and you, you know, you can't not run. It's like, yeah. so it is hard. I, I don't have an answer for you. And yeah. I, what I think is cool about your scenario is that, you have a real career, whereas a lot of pros don't necessarily no. have, you know, they may yeah. coach or something on the side or whatever. I really, is, I really don't envy those guys to be completely yeah. honest, because yeah. I think a lot of people look at that and they're like, oh, those guys are like financially stable, right? No, no, they're incredibly well, financially unstable. Yeah, I've seen this growing up. And it's track. a stressful oh. lifestyle. Like my lifestyle is not actually as stressful as theirs. Because for me, like I know when when my next paycheck's coming. Yeah. And you know what's worse? Some of them don't. Yeah. Is triathlon f- is finished with you. At some point. Yeah. And, and this is what <laughs> I saw with runners. finished with you. Yeah. I saw this with runners a lot where they would be really good runners and they would make $20,000 a year and they'd be yeah. pumped and they'd be making, you know, and they might work a little bit on the side and they'd be, you know, doing great and they'd be getting Living faster. On somebody else's couch or and something then, like that. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden the sports there, you know, the sport's kind of done with you and you have no opportunities afterwards. Look it's at not- uh, Nick Simmons. Well, he's done some. So, yeah, yeah. but like the, uh, he was an 800 meter runner. Yeah. Great runner. Um, mm-hmm. and, and 
Olympic medalist? Did he yep. medal one year? I think, or really uh, I think he close. Was close. He he went to two Olympics. He was very he's strong. One of the US, in one of his he's won the U.S. championships yes. like so, a couple of times, and was always rallying for athlete rights for them to be able to market themselves or right. something mm-hmm. to be able to make money because they did nothing. Yeah, and. He, Nick, Nick Nick was an entrepreneur though, right? Which he's, Nick was always going to be okay because he's yep. he's a driven businessman and entrepreneur. A lot of these guys are not, right? Which is fine. I mean, that's just you take well, you take a handful of twenty athletes, one of them is going to be an entrepreneur, right? So yeah, yeah, he he was unique, and he also had more success with his particular running than mm-hmm. you know the guy that's fifth place at right. you know running the eight hundred, and he's fifth place at the I mean at the national level. You'd think those guys would be well taken care of, and they have sponsorship deals, and they and they you know small sponsorship deals and things like that. But you're putting your life on pause, you know, career wise for a number of years. And then you're older and you're what, let's say you're 30 years old and you're done with this sport that you've put all this time into. Right. And there's nothing left. And what do you do? You're you're starting like you're competing with the guys that are fresh out of college trying to get a job. Yeah. So that's not ideal. Right. Um, But your scenario where you're like, but without me dodging that, yes, Jake is right. I could probably take away an hour or two of training and get more sleep per week. (laughs) It might be worth experimenting with just to see how you feel and check your numbers. Well, I I am so, so, so I, I I have made a change where um, uh, my build up to Galveston, I was touching 30 hours a couple of those weeks and I did not enjoy it. I really did not like training at that time. But this block, I've decided going into Boulder and all these different races coming up in August, September, I'm capping myself out at 25, 26 hours a week. Good. Okay. So I'm cutting four to five hours off. Yeah. I think, I think it, we'll see. I mean, yeah. see if the sleep thing, I think, you know, we talk about recovery on this podcast. We've talked about it before. I think sleep has always been my vote for probably one of the Trump's most, yeah. most beneficial recovery tools. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you can, you know, I don't, you track your sleep pretty well, Lance. On day three, after the very difficult day three, I woke up day four and my whoop strap data what said... What percent were you recovered? What, I was 4% recovered. <laughs> and we had wow. a 50 mile day ahead of us. 4%. And I thought, You just oh sent an email to whoop. That would be the lowest recovery that's ever been I recorded a, on whoop. I, and I actually did pretty well that day. You I would mean, have been I, better off not sleeping. I <laughs> and I didn't sleep well that night. It, it made that much of a difference that I just didn't sleep well that night. I, I raced that day. I spent, we were done by like 1 p.m. I spent the whole rest of the day. If I wasn't eating, I was on my back with my legs up. Yeah. And I slept well that night and I woke up the next day at like 58% recovered okay. before the last day. So that's how much of a difference the the sleep made. Yeah. But yeah, four percent before a stage of a race was out. Yeah. Not freaky. ideal. No, I wonder okay. if some of the tour guys track stuff like this, like you know, I bet like they how, do. how rough I'm sure the teams used, do. I'm might, sure the teams do. Yeah, yeah. They might use different metrics and things well, like that. Well, I know that, Phil like, Phil Guyman does the whoop strap and yep. he shares his data sometimes and he just had a really bad um crash on the track. On, oh, yeah. on yeah. The track. Yeah. I saw that. And his recovery Ooh. numbers have been one or two percent because his body's trying to recover and he's been sharing that, which is yeah. crazy. Oh, I remember last year going through my recovery yeah. from my surgeries and getting hit by the car mm-hmm. and there were stretches of time, weeks if not months, where I was getting four Yep. Maybe five hours of sleep a night, and that was broken sleep. So I'd sleep for 45 minutes yeah. to an hour and a half, and then I was up for an hour. That was and the entire first two months. That was, it was, yeah. it was yeah. awful. That and was you in the chair back. That was the, I remember yeah, that. You yeah. didn't even make it to the bed for the first, what, three months? Yeah, well, it was how, five, how long did five it take months you? before I went back. Five or six months, I have to go back and check my notes. But yeah. it was a long time before I actually was able to sleep in bed. 
yeah. and not on a recliner or like like propped up on a couch. Did you buy a recliner? I specifically? did. Yeah, just for that, I had to. Absolutely. I, there was only that was the only way I could get any sleep. And then once I finally got that, that helped a little bit, but still, like I was not able to sleep because I was in constant pain. Yeah. So Ugh. that's you know the the stress on your body from that was just god awful. And then yeah. once I finally was able to find some stuff, I started using that stuff called deep sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually able to get five to six hours of, of rest, like solid hours of rest. That made a huge difference for me. So Yeah, you start, start recovering a lot better. Right. Yep. All right, so I've critiqued Lance and Evan. Jake, I feel like it's a difficult, you're a difficult um, person to critique as far as your training goes because I do feel like you take it seriously and I feel like you have a somewhat regimented routine. I think you and I should probably like develop some sort of like yoga routine where we work on flexibility. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it could potentially help both of us a lot. There's a lot that I need to be doing. Oh yeah. Um, no, it, no, no, no doubt. Right. Like there, we've talked about this before. There's yeah. not enough time in the day and something's right. going to slip. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think that, you know, we talked about like your TT stuff or whatever. Yeah. That that's a tough position for an hour and I would love to see you do well on a TT I bike because you could crush that yes. thing. I had yeah. no business being out there on that TT bike. Yeah, zero whatever. zero business being out but there. But you had fun. Oh, yeah. Sort of. Until but, it wasn't, but yeah. But also, Jake, I mean, looking back at, at your medical history, not I'm trying to put your medical history on blast here, you do have a yeah. fusion too, which is yeah, that, limiting that ability for you to even get into that TT position. It is, but I've been in that position before. I've proven yeah. that I can be in that position. I did it on my road bike, yes, but I still have the clip-on bars. I still put this, the seat in the best yeah. possible position I, I could and did a 40K at a, at a respectable time Yeah. Um, without training at all. I, I did the day before mm. again for yeah. about, I don't know, it was like 35 or 40 minutes. I went up with Michael Myers and just made sure that the bike was stable and I was able to hold that position yeah. somewhat well, and I did all right. And you know, I, I wanted to train up for it this year, but I couldn't. You yeah, know, it's just yeah. I, yeah. You, know. you need a little more time. Yeah, yeah. There's, well, the and, and and also coming into this year, you're coming. I mean, back from a yeah. big. It, like we're not just talking about your spinal yeah. fusion now. There's definitely you know there were other st- stabilizer muscles that were still on the comeback yeah. and still are. Yeah. Uh, when we're going to talk about like changing people's routines or making suggestions for yeah. routines, I'm going to talk. I'm going to tell myself right now, like I just need to be on a routine. I'm not on yeah. a routine right now. It sucks. Okay. I'm, I'm used to getting ten to twelve hours of solid training. I usually have it structured. I usually have my recovery days in there. I have my tempo days. I have my yep. short and uh, uh, long uh, uh, interval phases in there and get my team right. It's usually there, but it just hasn't been because I've been so stinking busy yeah. with work, yeah. busy mm-hmm. with team stuff, um, family stuff. And, and this just winter, you were good. You yeah, were I was, but all That's of a sudden the wouldn't. sun comes out and there's too much to do. So yep. yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's hard. Like I've got, well, there's this past weekend I went camping. Yep. I'm going camping again next yep. week okay. and I'm going camping again the weekend after that awesome so th- that's know, phenomenal you know i think i think is jake's thing now is there's as as the team has grown in success over the the, the last few years obviously the responsibilities yeah. become more yeah that there's, takes a lot of time your kids are now at an age where they're yeah. incredibly active right. i mean yep. they're they're really coming at that age now where i mean they're doing something every single week in the entire year yeah yep. so it becomes it's you can still have your structure just that structure has to change from what you were probably used to over the last five to ten years which is yeah just a change in structure yeah yeah you know years past it's been nice being able to call up matt shoot my text mm-hmm. hey matt you want to go for an hour and a half two hour lunch ride today yeah yeah those those were awesome because that's it's it's hard to find that time 
any other yeah. time of the day. But mm-hmm. if you can go do that at lunchtime, it works great. But Matt's a busy man. I, I've gotten super yeah, busy, and it's just us, like, yeah. hey, Matt, you got forty five minutes to go for a ride today, right. and right it now. just that all of a sudden everything gets shrunk down, and you just you can't be that effective when you're not getting the the volume and the the training in that you need. So for me, again, I just need to find the time, and yeah. then I need to structure it accordingly. And, there's still some loose structure to what I'm doing. I usually will go out with an idea of like, right, this is how I feel. This mm-hmm. is what's going on this week. And this is roughly what I should be doing this day. It's not going to be near as long as what it should be, but um, it'll come back in due time. And yeah. for me, another thing right now is I'm okay with that. I'm yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm, Cause I'm enjoying, I enjoy work. I enjoy the team stuff. Yeah. I enjoy my kids. I enjoy going camping and I really enjoy being able to do stuff outside during summer because I got screwed last year. So yeah. uh, it's the best time of the year up here. We've talked about this so many times. Yeah, You cannot beat the Pacific Northwest in the summertime. No. It is spectacular. And I had that robbed from me last year. And I'm going to go do everything that sounds fun. And if I'm not as fast at short track, oh, well, there's always next year. If, yeah. if I'm you know not prepped and ready to go for a cyclocross season, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to do cyclocross this year, <laughs> let alone like, <laughs> you know, have the time or the, the fitness for it. But um that that's okay as long as I'm having fun and enjoying myself. So next year I'll get back after it. I think that's the perfect attitude personally. And that's what I'm hoping to have that attitude of like, I want to do this stuff that's fun Yeah, and I don't want to miss anything family wise. Right. Like that's, I'm actually looking forward to you being done with Whistler, Matt. I I know that that's been this looming thing. I agree. I I agree. I'm super looking forward to being done with this season. (laughs) That was actually, that was actually my one point for Matt is, and it is kind of done, but I mean, is getting through this season and worrying about a healthy return to running next year. Running being of the three sports, the one that probably brings you the most joy. Is that the one that you would say brings you the most joy? Just getting through this season and realizing that, okay, next year's goal is to get back to, that's pretty much what I've come to grips with is the season's over for me, which is fine. Like I'm because you've been working hard for that though. Cause I go out like swimming really well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm riding really well running Matt, How's your running going? No comment. No comment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's perfect. That's, you know, I want to get through this season. I want to get back to running, you mm-hmm. know, super slowly, whatever it takes, because that's that's my that's my game, that's my yeah. jam for sure. Yeah. I love running. I just I don't care if it's fast running. I just want to mm-hmm. be able to go do my three mile trail run, and you know, yeah. you know, you can sneak out for that midday or whenever, and still be able to get a lot of work done and stuff like that too. Yeah. I am enjoying swimming. I'm swimming well, and I I love biking, and I want to be able to do our like lunch rides and stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah. But I also, you know, I feel like another you know self-criticism of myself would be like i need that routine if i want to improve i need to have that structure so you know Mm -hmm. there's there's some things for sure it's just it's just building i think that that habit like we always talk about i mean structure Mm -hmm. is another word for habit but that's i think especially in the endurance world we all get caught up in this like okay i'm gonna plan out the next nine months and sometimes I almost think it's a better idea to like, let's plan out the next like two weeks. Yeah. To where you can like, develop that Let's habit. just make a habit yeah. in two. Like, especially if you're really starting back at something. Yeah. Like that was like the, these last two weeks for me was that like I had taken like two it. weeks kind of like not off entirely, but basically uh, like I took a mid season break and yeah. that was the goal. And instead of just having this, like my original thing was like, all right, I'm going to drop the next eight weeks leading to Boulder to a T. It's like, no, I'm just going to two weeks, just get back to feeling like you can train again. And I think that that's just kind of what you need to do with your run is just yeah. get back to where you feel like you can run again. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. But but what happens if you do that too much is you end up doing exactly what I am doing right yes. now. <laughs> because you just yeah. no routine. Because yeah. for, you know, during all my triathlon years, it was also during my peak working years and mm-hmm. my peak child rearing years. And yeah. so yeah. I was 
very structured. And so all my workouts were really structured. What needed to happen? How much needed to happen every week? What happened yeah. to happen every day? And I did that for like five years. So what was your typical triathlon training week? I, you know, during that time period, it, like roughly, it was you know roughly fifteen hours. 15, yeah, good. because that's I was working yeah. same sixty hours a week and trying to raise a family and be yeah. active in my church. So, you know, it it made it difficult to to do that. But mm-hmm. but I did that for so long that. Now I have all this freedom and I just shut it all down. I just wake up in the morning like, do you, if do I you want to go ride, to. I'm just going to go ride. Do you ever go and do like 10 by 2 minutes? Yes. Okay, you do? Yes. That was actually my question I had on here was like, <laughs> does Lance actually have any structure? <laughs> That's a good Because I always, like how I picture it, this is how I picture Lance's day is like, you get on the bike and you're like, not sure what direction I want to go. You have a like rough plan and you go That's and good. ride and when you feel good, you just ride fast. Or if I know there's a segment I yeah. want to go or after. Or if you run into somebody who you know. I, right. <laughs> I'll, I'll chase a segment on yeah. Strava or something. I do do that a lot. He's Mr. Farlick. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah I do... I will go out. I know that for cyclocross, the best workouts for cyclocross racing is mm-hmm. like two by twenty minutes at lactic threshold, or yeah. or three by fifteen minutes at lactic threshold. And so, if if I'm by myself and not riding with other people, I will try to put in like a twenty minute effort, like two power, two kind of power. Like, yeah, okay. right. Yeah. And, yeah. and I bet you do recovery days. Prior to race days. Yes, I do. So I, I don't think that you don't, you know, do, you know, it's not like that. I think you never yeah. do recovery days. But it's, it's not the complete wild, wild west. No, there, no. but yeah. The, the <laughs> issue is, is that I have not set an A race. I never yeah. set an A that race. That was the other thing I wrote. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I didn't, you know, and here I am doing short track, which I want to do well at, but they're 35 minute efforts. And then I'm doing a five day 25 hour gravel yep. stage race those are two completely yeah. separate ends of the spectrum ends of the spectrum and <laughs> yeah. i'm trying to do both of them well and and also to really peak for a 35 minute effort aerobically i mean if you're talking to a runner that give you got like three months to try i mean that's basically you're you know a little bit slower than your 10k effort right like how many times does a track guy truly peak for a 10k in a season twice twice yeah. Lance is trying to peak on a weekly basis for right. a 35 minute effort. Yeah. He wants to be sharp from March now, until like, December. Right. I just want to be <laughs> yeah. good from now, March to now, December. Now, like, granted, I think in a cycling year, you can peak quite a bit more than a runner or a triathlete can because yeah, the, yeah. the like, musculoskeletal load with running is different. But, sure. like, still with cycling, you're still talking about a massive load of hours that Lance puts in. Yeah. Well, I mean, basically, this year, I. I just wanted to have fun on my bike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just so, wanted to have fun yeah. on my bike. Whatever bike I was riding, whatever race was coming, I was just going to show up and see how it went. You know? I think you want to yeah. do well in cyclocross. Yeah. I do. And you will, I think. So, I mean, that's part of the fun of it. Is yeah, the, if you had to pick a... Well, I mean, it's like it's like when, when we had Robert on the show. You know, I mean, you're, you're, you're looking at road, road racing to Robert is training for correct. cyclocross. Yeah. Right. So... It's fair to say Robert's just going to go and have fun yeah. during a road season. Yeah. Now, Robert's idea of fun is winning races, but that's his <laughs> winning Robert a very is competitive, competitive race. Now, yeah. to speak on Lance's behalf here, there are a lot of cyclists, and the, the longer I'm here in the, the greater Portland area, the more people I get to know, I, I've come to find that 
everybody is like Lance in the cycling scene. So everybody, not very many people in the cycling world are really going out and saying, this is my A race and I'm going to train super hard for it. And you know that they're going to show up to races, but they're not going to be showing up to race. Mm -hmm. Like it's their A race. Like they're, they're not worried about a result. No, almost all of the cyclists show up to all of the races. So we're all kind of in the same boat. We're not all super sharp for one particular race. Yeah. We're just kind of like, you know, like 80%, 90%, somewhere in that range in terms of like our recovery and our fitness. Yeah. And we do it all year long. So in Lance's defense, it, it's kind of like the normal. Most. That's just how they're, yeah. well, especially in this region when you've so got. so much stink and yeah. racing, you know, yeah. you want so to do cool it all. Racing. You want yeah. to, because yeah. yeah. this isn't like a part of the country where mountain yeah. biking isn't big. Mountain biking is huge here. So you, you can be racing all 12 months. Yeah. 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 And it's not like, now our team is a little bit different. We will support different people. Like I'm perfectly happy to show up to a race knowing that it's not about me. It's about mm-hmm. helping Lance or helping Chris or helping Sean or yeah. anybody on the team win that race and I'm perfectly fine with that most of the other teams though I don't see very many other teams doing that kind of stuff no so if we could just like take it a step further and like almost tell people hey make this your a race you this is going to be your a race and you you and you these are your a races right. and we're all going to support you and these are the roles that we're going to play Ooh, we could we could seriously dominate that and take more of like the the world tour approach you know you're going to take your, yeah. your your best guns based on the course and go support those people and we could own podiums but we like definitely could have done that yeah. at the state championship and there are other sure. teams out would've there that, cool. that probably could do that as well i mean i would I think it would be fantastic to see more of the teams take that approach. Yeah. And maybe that would change how we train and maybe we could be a little bit faster and sharp, but I don't know. Make us all better if that happened. I, but again, I kind of like your approach to a certain degree because you go out and ride based on how you feel. And if you go back and you were to track it all, it kind of looks a little bit like a training program. Like, man, I'm feeling flat today. I'm just going to go ride for an hour easy. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's probably what I would have told you from a coaching perspective. Today's your active recovery, right? You're going to go do this. You're not going to go over these Watts and your heart rate's going to stay suppressed. And you're just going to go out for 45 minutes to an hour. You, you did that. And it might be a day where like, man, I feel like Superman today. I'm going to go hard for 20 minutes. You know what? That was fun. I'm going to do it again. For, okay. That was going to be your two, like, you know, two by 20 minute intervals. So right. we kind of ride according to how we feel. And a lot of times that mirrors up with a, a coaching plan. It's the person though, that to me, that does not rest enough. And so mm-hmm. sometimes I want to look across the table <laughs> at Mr. <laughs> Evan Price here. And I know that you go hard all the time, but your training yeah. blocks are so flipping long and they're so full of volume. I often wonder, is he getting enough recovery in there? Yeah. And then you mirror that, or you lay over that, the, the notion that you're not sleeping very much. Yeah. Granted, you're still in your mid to late twenties. And you're still yeah. young and still full of testosterone, and you probably don't have other excuse, obligations. I think, I think I'm edging up towards the, I just, the age I where I need to sleep. I, I could be completely wrong. I don't yeah. know you, and I know that you're very keen on how you feel, but I don't want to mm-hmm. see you train yourself into a hole. Yeah, and you know, take longer to come out of that, knowing yeah. that had you just done a little bit of active recovery or yeah. taken a little less volume for the week and, and taking that volume and put it into some sleep or some yeah. quality time with like your girlfriend yeah. or just sitting on the couch with your feet up and, and vegging out. Like how much is that going to pay out for you? Yeah. So I think there's, there's a, and Matt can, Matt and Lance can both speak to this too. So I think in the cycling world, there is, it's almost more interesting. There's almost a more intelligent approach to how you kind of address training volumes and intensities just in general, even with people who ride like Lance does. In the triathlon world, there's this like constant, like especially at the pro level, this constant kind of macho look at 
what is your training volume? Hmm. I mean, and I, I can use it by, you know, there's the conversations I hear constantly, even just in, you know, the transition racks with pros is what was your volume leading into this? And if you're the right. guy who's like it's hours, it's hours, yep. it's an hour per week thing. And it's also how long were you in the pool? How many miles were you running? And for whatever reason, it's, it's weird that I've gotten this stuck in my head that there's certain numbers that if I'm not hitting, I don't feel like I like deserve to be a pro if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So to me, it was, I have to be running over a hundred K a week, which doesn't make any sense. Like, Real trust quick me. though. Yeah. If you're constantly getting your butt spanked by some dude yeah. and you were asking him what his volume is and his volume is much more than yours or it's much different than yours. Yeah. And he's doing that to everybody. And maybe there's two or three people that are following that same regimen and they're yeah. constantly spanking. And you're like, man, they're at 25 and I'm only at 15 and it's just, I'm getting my butt handed to me every single week. Well, yeah. Then yeah, do that. But you got to ask yourself like who's yeah. when, it, 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 what really matters is did you win? How did yeah. you do? How did you perform? Yeah. If you're putting in 25 hours a week and you're coming in mid pack all the time mm-hmm. and the guy who's winning is putting in 20 and he's getting quality rest or sleep or time, you know, to himself. Yeah. Start asking. Yourself, it's not you're right. You got to yeah. change that paradigm. Yeah. So. I think it's, I think it is for, for me more, it comes down to a mental paradigm and there's there, there, you know, I mean, there are guys who are just training warriors in the triathlon world. They're going to be fifth or sixth place at all these races mm-hmm. and they're not going to win because they train themselves into losing basically. Yeah. Cause they, there's an insecurity with going into a race, quote unquote, undertrained, you know, quote unquote, undertrained. Sure. generally it's not actually undertrained. You just trained an appropriate amount. Yeah. Um, that, that, that is a change in approach I'm making coming into this next training block. But I think for, for me, it was, you know, you look at guys only talk about what were their biggest volume weeks. Yep. So whenever you watch, you know, like, um, the, the, the one thing I always pointed to is there was a, uh, I used to follow a lot of the ITU old specialized videos mm-hmm. when they used to do a training day with guys. Yeah. And I remember there was one on Jan Ferdano and I was looking at his training volume from this video and it was you amazing. Like, you were like, and I, yeah, I still, ran twice that yeah, day and that I still video reference again. that to my friends. Like the, the training day he did, they followed him for two days and it was yeah. massive. And in that week he swam 30 K biked 20 hours and ran like 110 K and they show him like doing track workout at night, like finishing off the day. Like, I mean, it's a cool video. Uh, You should watch it if you guys, and I got it into my head at a young age that like, that's what what it takes. takes. That's exactly what it takes. So like I'll throw in random track workouts that make no sense. I'll like, like if I had spring break in college when I was in graduate school, I would train a 40 hour week just out of nowhere. Like yeah. for no reason outside the fact I was like, well, I guess that's what it takes is like you just <laughs> basically right? beat yourself down to the ground and hope that you race well. And I don't, I don't want to belittle volume because I personally believe that high volume training works. Yeah. I, I've seen it work so many times mm-hmm. with runners. And so that, and that's my background is like, you, you see this like high volume does work people improve when they increase their volume uh but i also think it's one of those things where it's like you need to increase volume over years as opposed to you know spring break you know whatever it is exactly uh but i i think that you're doing pretty well on volume so you know i you know some of those pros they're they are doing these big weeks and things like that but they're also taking naps in the middle of the day and i also can't you know yeah and that's and that's the other thing is i i think it's I need to get out of the mindset of comparing myself to what other guys are doing because I basically maxed out what my schedule can volume wise, yep. like a 32 hour training week while working 50 hours. That's about as much as I can do. Yep. Yep. Like there's really not more that I can shove into that. So but it, knowing that, yeah. that, not that that didn't work. Like I still am proud of what I did in my first two races and that I can hang in the middle of a pack, but 
if I actually want to get better in this sport, I do have to change something, and that can't be can't, can't be, be sit, sad volume. Can't play, be sitting so. at thirty hours a week for the rest well, of my life. Yeah. And and there's so many different like variables to play with, right? Like because you can adjust intensity. Mm-hmm. Like you know maybe maybe you're only doing twenty five hours a week, but it's more intense than yeah. some of the thirty two hour. And so that and then you know maybe saying like, okay, well these rest days and I really focus on rest or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. so that my, you know, bigger workout days yeah. are actually faster, like actually have quality swims and like, maybe, yeah. maybe who knows, you yeah. know, or, or you just set it up to where, I mean, so when we were running really, really very hard in college, it was, mm-hmm. you know, you do a workout on Monday and Thursday and those other runs were just cake. Just get it done. And yeah. so then like, but you know, like Thursday it's, as hard as you would race, mm-hmm. like you would, you know, throw up in a workout. Lance, you know how it is. I do know oh, how yeah. to throw up in a you know how to throw up. Race. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so maybe there's some different things you could adjust yeah. as far as some of those different variables and play around with yeah. stuff. I guess you have, you have years and years ahead of you to figure all this stuff this out. Is true. So, yeah. This is true. How much intensity do you guys really need in your workouts for what you're doing? The, this the is half and full Ironman. This stuff. is like the greatest question. With the, so full is a different I can really it only feels, speak to the half. The full feels really different than the half. Yeah, cuz the the half the, the way the game is played in the pro field right now is you got all these guys who came from short distance racing up mm-hmm. and they're carrying that style of training into this 73 world now. It used to be the other way around. It was guys who raced fulls would drop down to 73. Do now it is the exact opposite direction and the sport is being pushed to crazy speeds. Uh for example, I mean Last year at the World Championship, you had three guys run under 110 in a half marathon coming off of a bike where they averaged almost 27 miles an hour for 56 miles. Yeah. So you had, you know, world-class level wattages being put out on a bike ride. I mean, uh, you know, like I, I really, truly do believe a guy like Jan Ferdano, if you gave him one, two years, would be picked up by a professional cycling team. I think if he trained specifically on the bike for a year or two, he would be that probably day. on a continental team in Europe like pretty quickly. So you you're you're taking these guys who come from the short distance they so using Jan for an example would be once to twice a week they're on the track doing a hard workout probably three or four times a week doing a hard swim workout a lot of their swim workouts yeah. are high quality it's a little and easier to do it in the pool yeah the yeah and then on the bike they do a lot of quality work on the bike too it's the run is usually where they'll try and back off the intensity a little bit i wonder bit. if they're doing like one speed work and one tempo run you know, or something like yeah. that. I wonder if they're doing less. Yeah. But, so, you know. so, so Jan used an example that when he was, um, training in Europe, he would do a Hills day. Um, he would do a longer tempo day and then he'd have a super long ride day and then he'd have a day where he did a group ride and the group ride I'm sure had, you know, Some sprinkled speed. intensity yeah. into it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So mixed in terms of like the, the, the amount of yeah. intensity that you guys are doing, Matt doing a little bit less than Evan, I'm guessing maybe, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't do any intensity. <laughs> <laughs> chasing chasing Nate in the pool is pretty intense. Yeah. For selfish reasons, I miss riding with you when we would do the beaches ride. Oh yeah, on Monday Super nights, fun. fifty miles and about what. 12, 14 miles of that was just kind of on the bubble, like yeah. going super hard and yeah. fast. And I loved it watching you get stronger and faster each week and us chasing yeah. each other out there. That was fun. And I just feel like we don't get to do that all that often when you are in, you know, training mode training for mode. You know, a full Ironman. Well, that, that's kind of the plan for tonight is to go out to that, do that ride. If everything lines up, I've got a whole bunch of other stuff to do this afternoon. <laughs> but, you know, I think, you know, that's part of the plan. Would so. you ever consider dropping back down to 73 in upcoming seasons and kind of getting back into that style of riding that Jake was just talking about? I think um, 
for me, everything depends on the run. I think I would love to race 70.3. I think that's a great mm-hmm. distance. I would like to travel with you some and do some of these races. Yeah. Um, family time is tricky to pull stuff like yeah. that off. But yeah. uh, but if you're doing 70.3, aren't you theoretically like more four, available to your family? Four weekends a year probably is what oh, you would need for gotcha, racing. Gotcha, gotcha, but yeah. Well, yeah, it's just the travel away from yeah. gotcha. family on the weekend. But you're right. I mean, like volume-wise, yeah, you really... I mean, to race 70.3, well, you really don't need to be going okay. 100. Maybe I can have you guys debate Yeah, which one's more boring... Training for a full Ironman or a half Ironman? <laughs> Which one's I, more? I always race. Got to be. The I race seventy point threes. I race better at seventy point threes when I'm training for a full. I, well, I, I personally just love seventy point threes because I feel like I can still race the thing. Yep. Now, this is okay. My, my opinion really doesn't matter because I have not raced a full. But, but like to me, I don't. I feel. I feel like you get onto that bike and your first thing is like, okay, don't try too hard. Yeah. Like yeah. on a seventy three, I know. To people who have only done sprint and Olympic distance, that seems like a long race. I can promise you that entire race, my only thought is I need to be going faster right now. Yeah. That's your only thought the entire race. And in a full, you're like, I got to get my calories in. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I got to my heart rate down a little bit. So I'm like concerned I'm going to forget to take sips of water in a 73. That's how yeah. focused you are I on the racing. blow up. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be going so fast. I'm like, wait a second. I have to do this for how many more yeah, hours? Exactly. Ah. Exactly. Yeah. Cause I mean, think, think about a 112 mile ride. If you're a cyclist, a 112 mile ride you're still used to sprinkling efforts throughout there. Yeah. Imagine not doing that, like at all. Right. <laughs> so yeah. you're just, just that, that, that thing better going. be steady. You better be steady. Yep. Sit on, and I mean, that's what I do. I just look at the watts, like just just hit this watts. If someone goes past you, who cares? Someone, Lance, you you've know. done both before. Yeah. Which one did you prefer, the full or the half? Um, I liked the half. Yeah. Yeah. It, you could just, you could race it instead of exactly. yeah, survive it. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, right. exactly. That's that's the best way to put it. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. Yep. Although you know, I, I always want to do more fulls because that's where the glory was, right? It is, yeah. and there there's something to that. Because I've had I've had people ask me if I've done a real triathlon, right? Before. Right. Oh, like l- like people not not like patients of mine who don't know anything about triathlon, which I always love explaining the sport, which is you know fun to people who don't know the sport, right? But it's funny to me, people who come from endurance sports will ask me like, "Have you done a real triathlon yet?" <laughs> like, which one are you talking about? Oh, yeah, you know the full one. It's like an Iron Band? Yeah, no, I have yeah. not jumped into that yet. <laughs> <laughs> I have not decided that I want to be sore for two weeks straight. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd get super beat up for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, you are going to hurt yourself bad in an Iron Man, I have a feeling. Oh, I know. Well, You're going to put yourself in a world well, of pain. And that's, and that's the thing is I know that if I want to do an Iron Man, I want to know that I can be uh, top 10. Yeah. 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 Like I, I, I want to know that I can be competitive in that. It's just. I'm yeah. not there yet. I got, yeah, I got a little bit more time. We'll see. Maybe yeah. next year. <laughs> I got to race a marathon first. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. What would we change about Matt's training program? This is what I was waiting to get to. How about so, you? Have, what would you change? So I'm going to talk from like a... Come up with this topic. So I'm going to talk from like like a physical therapy point of view, talking about tissue okay. healing and looking at you over the next, let's say next spring. Like All if right. we're just taking a time period here. Matt needs basically right after Whistler. So we're going after Whistler. We need to first address like very low, consistent volume of running Mm -hmm. low. And that means not doing the weekend eight miler and getting really disappointed and frustrated when there's pain because what we're dealing with is I, now there's a lot of things like walk, jog a two mile. Yeah, exactly. Like literally starting with walk, jog sort of volume. I would not tell you, Hey, after Whistler, let's not run for a month and build quote unquote strength. I, I always think that strength building yoga flexibility mobility mm-hmm. stuff has to be happening in concordance yep. with a slow increase in volume the problem with runners like matt 
that come from such elite levels of running before is our mind only remembers when we were elite. Yep. So to you, an eight mile run is not a long run. Right. But to your tissue right now, that that Achilles that we're working with is that, like that a nightmare. That yeah. is a long run right now for that Achilles. So really starting to then focus on not that I'm saying that Matt is old right now, but Matt is forty. Old. I'm pretty old. Ply, I mean, plyometrics yep. have to now actually become something that you do. When we're younger, you don't like, yes, I think that plyometrics are very important for young kids, but tendon development at that age is at such an awesome yeah. level that a kid very just doing pliable, 400 yeah. repeats, there's your plyometrics for the week. Sure. Have a kid do a couple 200s, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's not the case anymore. Right. There's got to be like stability training, plyometric training. That tendon, like plyometric training is how you train a tendon. That's, I mean, when, when we're talking about like a muscular tendon disjunction, mm-hmm. it's not just slow calf raises. You have to now add speed into that component. And if speed isn't added into that component, when it's exposed to speed, it's not going to know what to do with right. that. So also I would maybe make a suggestion that we hold off on trail running a little bit for a short period of time, which I know is the worst thing ever. And that's why I would say like probably heritage trail would be awesome. Cause there's still some instability in there where was, you can work on it. That's what I was going to say. Maybe. But when I went on that trail run with you, with you, me and Nat, Nate, like I was on a recovery run that day and you were moving and we did a ton of elevation gain. I was like, if this is what Matt is doing on a deal, like his usual run, no wonders Achilles killing him. Yeah, like no. we were literally, there, there was no straight, we were basically doing single track mountain biking. I love that stuff. Yeah, I know you do, but that was, <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful back there. Yeah, it is. Beautiful. It really is. That, yep. that was a really nice run. I, I, I typically go probably a little bit slower, but you know, it was yeah. running with our group, so we went a little yeah. bit faster. Yeah. But yeah, that was, th- those would be like my initial suggestions. Good suggestions. Yeah. Because the thing is, is Matt knows all these things. The problem is that. Well, you got to practice, you know. Yeah. You got to do it. Yeah. So I might as well start now because I'm not that worried about Whistler. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. You're still going. You're still going to attempt still everything. Going. What's the plan gonna, with the run component? My my actual plan is to call Ironman and ask <laughs> to switch to the half. <laughs> or just, pull. ooh, maybe you could just bike through transition. They won't catch you. Just yeah, keep riding good. the bike. That could work. You may win the whole race in that case. <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, but yeah, so that's my plan is to, this we can do the aqua bike. I've got to switch that race, which I should be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And then um, for Ironman, I've just got to call them and see if, because they have a half that's held in conjunction with the full. And so my plan is to basically see if, I mean, I, I may have to walk jog the the half distance. So I don't want to do it for a full. Um, I would, you know, I, I could potentially just, I'd have enough time to do it probably if I swam and biked, I would still have enough time to walk a marathon, but that doesn't sound like that much That's fun. Five or six hours of just suffering. Yeah. And you know, you should just do call that. it a day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, and, and that's the other thing is like, if they won't let me switch races for some reason, which I'd be very surprised if they didn't let me switch. But if they didn't, then I might do that. I might like swim yeah. and bike and then just be like, maybe go do a lap or something and quit, you know, somewhere in there yeah. or whatever. Like try and collect as much stuff at all the aid stations. Like I paid for this. I'm going to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I paid Load for that Coca-Cola. I'm going to eat all of this stuff. Do you want to grab a bunch so. of like Red Bull for me or something? Absolutely. Yeah, could you just- <laughs> yeah all of them. Yeah. They're like, here's one Red Bull. I'll be like, no, no, no. Yeah, I want case, 12 of those. Case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope that goes all right for you, Matt. We will see. I'll let you guys know for sure. Report back. We know the swim and bike are going to be great. Yeah. They'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yep. <laughs> it's a little sad. Sorry, guys. Bring a little bit of a downer to the podcast. There's no downer there. That's life. This That's was, reality. Yeah. It is. You know, you're part suffering of, with an issue that is just it. not resolving very quickly. This was, that just happens. It's part of the sport. Yeah. This yep. is, I think, the, the, the thing that's been cool about this podcast is that I think sometimes you just look at somebody's season and you're like, okay, they did an Ironman, they did two 70.3s, and one of those was a PR. Good season. There you go. Yeah, good season. And you don't think of the, the nine months of fill-in-the-blank there. Right. Right. No triathlon, no cycling, no running, no swimming season is ever a linear progression, mentally and physically. There's yeah. no linear progression there. Yeah. And that's, I mean, like Jake obviously could not have predicted what was going to happen last, last year to him. No. There was no way that that was part yeah. of the plan. That was not part of the plan. Yeah. You know, minus missing the, the state championship road race, I've done everything that I wanted to do yeah. this year. I, and I'm perfectly happy with that. And I'm in a happy spot right now, still just enjoying summer. Mm-hmm. Still been able to go out and do short track with, you know, <laughs> little to moderate pain. Yeah. And I'm happy with that. And I'm happy to yeah. be with, out riding with my friends on the weekends. Um, I just, I, I do, I, I kind of am feeling that, that pull to get back into like a, a structured training program, mm-hmm. but there's just too many freaking things going on and being gone on the weekends and having a race on Monday, being busy with work during the week, it's just hard to find the time to, to allocate to doing that. Yeah. That's fine for right now. I'll, I wonder I'll switch if things this up fall, next year. yeah, or this fall or this winter, maybe we can oh, get into something. Yeah, I'll get back into my normal ways, and okay. I'll hopefully come back, um, you know, just as strong as I was before I got hit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, but that's when kids' soccer season starts. It's all right. It's kids' soccer season all the <laughs> time. Know? We'll figure it out. I, I spent, I spent <laughs> like six hours. At soccer soccer season is literally eleven and a half months long. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah. It's year round for us right now. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. How many kids do you have in club now? I, I have two, and I we had like back to back tournaments. Yeah. And so I spent all day yesterday at soccer. Yeah. So. Yeah. Do you know? It was, Ouch. It do was you, nine to three, or something crazy like that. Do what do you do like, past the time? Sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, you know what's funny is yeah, what I watch. I love watching the well, soccer. Yeah, watching yeah. the game. Are you I taking pictures or video or? Um, are they at no. the age where it's fun to watch? Like, are I they? I think so because they're your kids. I mean, it's really it's it's pretty. Is enjoyable. it more funny to watch but, or fun to watch? But uh, no, it's it's fun to watch. I okay. wouldn't say it's funny. Well, some like my younger kids, it's funny to yeah. watch. But, I love watching like little kids. But then we play. have in between games, and I took them over to an empty field, and we practice more. And right. they, I mean, I mean, we were all exhausted by the end of that Good. all that soccer stuff. That's awesome. But yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean, soccer's not going to slow down. We're going to keep doing soccer for, and it's going to get worse next year when we start traveling for soccer, <sighs> right? So I don't know. Yep, Lance, did you feel like you went through and critiqued enough? Training programs, you're, you're happy with it? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Evan, you feel I think, comfortable? I think the, the the coolest thing about this podcast is that could have that topic could have gone two different directions. I mean, I'm cr- I'm you, crying on the inside. If you have if you have like a bunch of like coach type A type here, what we would have talked about is like, well, what percentage intervals are you doing usually, and what's your rest right. interval? And I think what's really cool about this podcast, I think we all kind of do have this very realistic view of your your normal human just in general doesn't care like at the end of the day like right. really does that rest interval matter right i mean I what's I'm the always... difference between 90 seconds and a hundred and two minutes I like i mean are we this. like it's we're, we're sitting here talking about like family things like yep. life things going on. like that is the much more important thing when you're looking at like you know looking at everybody that you train with personally uh on your team or whatever when you look at each other's training plans always remember like everybody's human mm-hmm. you can come up with an eight eight week training plan it's not going to go that way there's yeah. no way. Has anybody ever drawn? Has anybody at this table drawn up an eight-week plan, training plan and actually gone exactly where no, you thought it was going to go? Works. No, no. It, it, 
Jake maybe has gotten close. close but I feel like Jake's probably gotten the closest <laughs> of anybody <Probably>. here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, one last thing. Mr. Jake Von During, senior, what do you have for me? I don't have a whole heck of a lot other than just I want to go out and have fun at short track tonight, and Good. I want my son to do extremely well. Um, by the time, well, this time next week, he will be uh, 10 years old. He's going to be turning 10. And he won't be listening to this. He will hopefully be riding on a new bike next week. So Ooh. that'll be kind of neat for him. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, his bike now, we, we found out like pretty much in the first race. He's like, Dad, I think my seat's a little bit too low. I'm looking, I'm like, yeah, it is too low. Come here, let me put it up. And I went and looked at it to go raise it up. And it's like already at the max seat height. <laughs> I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Chris Sarrett came out last week with his two kids. And they got a couple new Cannondale bikes um, oh, a few months back. Anyhow, um Barrett jumped on those and it fit him like a glove. So he's gonna be riding nice. on a, I think they're 27.5 wheel sets and, um, it should fit him pretty well. And I really hope that that helps him a little bit more out at short track. So it should be fun. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Lance Hepler, any one last things for us? Um, big race this next weekend is the Baker city classic. Okay. It's our, um, it's like our biggest road stage race. Um, here in Oregon, for the year or, or, or I guess one of the bigger ones mm-hmm. for Obra and we've got um, six or seven or eight teammates it might even be more than that there's a lot of people they rented a house yes and they're all heading down to Baker City to uh, to race that stage race and there's five races correct four races is it four I thought there was five there's four stages I'm looking it up so there's a 71 mile rolling stage then there's a individual time trial there's a crit and then there's a 70 mile final stage with like 6,000 feet of climbing or something like that. Gotcha. I yeah. thought for some reason there was two time trials in there. Like, wasn't there like a flat one and then there was an uphill one, but I guess maybe I'm thinking of something else. It might be a little different between the P12 field and the rest of the fields. There maybe. might be an extra stage in there for the P12 sure. field, but I'm not sure. Are you going to go? If you're asking me right now, no. <laughs> Thursday? <laughs> if you ask me Wednesday morning, I, I don't know. I It just... Honestly, it would seem foolish for me to go do it um, the way I feel right now. But You'll do short track tonight. You'll go home and go to bed, <laughs> and you'll wake up on Wednesday. That's yes, right. <laughs> you'll wake up on I'll Wednesday. Probably. Whoopstrap says I'm 100%. Let's go, baby. <laughs> That's enough. Evan, do you have any one last things for us? Yeah, there was... Um so the the Race Across America team from Ohio Oh yeah, uh, that my mom was crewing on, uh, it, it unfortunately did not end the way that they had wanted. Um, uh, Eddie Walker, uh, the the writer, one of the the really really strong riders on the team, had gotten uh, sick going through Colorado. Oh, but um, guy absolutely gutted himself. He is a awesome awesome dude, a uh, former Navy guy, and just really really cool. So I am sure i'm not positive but i'm sure he's gonna give it another shot one day and wow he's the the type of rider who absolutely can make it through that type of ride that's a crazy race but yeah it is um i know you know i've mentioned on the podcast before we had a guy from ohio joe joe lawhorn who last year mm-hmm. did uh, well did, did very well very in well. it for his first attempt at it ever and um uh guy's been doing 24-hour races since so you know ohio's got a really cool little core group of race across america riders and you know, so I was talking with my mom on the phone about it after, and like, we should go watch some part, like some some of the sections. It's like, we don't have to watch all of it. Though. It almost sounds like something I'd maybe want to try yeah. one day. Yeah. I don't know. I can like, see you doing that. There was a point in time where I would have. said Did the you same ever thing. consider that? Yeah, I, I God, might still. Long, I might it's still. A long, yeah, yeah. Because actually, in Kansas, if it's with the right group of people, yeah. 
Yeah. And I don't want to go into it with a race mentality. I just want to go like, we're going to go ride bikes knowing subconsciously my body will race it. If I just don't go into it with a race mentality, I think I would have more enjoyment and I think we ultimately would do better. I think, I think if there was ever an inkling of a, some guys on the team wanting to get together and make a couple relay teams, I would love to be a part of it. But you know, I think it's, Oh God, because I know Joe, Joe had mentioned to people, it's like race cross America is a great idea until you're in the middle of Kansas. That's, <laughs> that's not so fun anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then you're battling 12 miles an hour into a headwind in yeah. Kansas, you know, a so couple of days into the race. He got sick in Colorado. Is yeah. that where they threw up the white flag and said, we're done? Or I think it was East Colorado East is where Colorado. They, they got over the Rockies, but yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's that I would imagine uh, I'm not somebody who's done the race, but I would imagine that's gotta be one of the hardest sections is getting over the Rockies. Yeah. 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 Incredible amount of climbing and you're going from, you know, you start in Oceanside. I don't know much about Oceanside, but I'm pretty sure it's zero feet elevation. I yeah. would imagine it's pretty close to zero feet yeah, elevation. Hard to say. Hard to say. And in a couple of days, you're at, you know, eight, 9,000 feet yeah. of elevation. So not a lot of acclimation time there. Oof. Yeah. But I know just it's, it's, it's awesome to, you know, hear another team from Ohio that came through. So that would be great next year if there's another team from Ohio that wants to give it a shot. Maybe a team from Washington. There you go. Anybody? Yeah. Good. Could be this table. Could be a dial podcast group. We got some guys on the team no. who do high volume writing, right? <laughs> that's, a hard, that's a hard no. So that's speaking a firm, of that's a firm no. Speaking of relays, um, yeah. we were up in Mount Hood this week in camping. Yeah, and we're driving back, and my wife's telling me all about the Hood to Coast relay that they mm-hmm. do, and basically they run from Mount Hood to the coast. And mm-hmm. where did they go to? Is it like Astoria? Is that where they end up? Seaside. Or seaside. Seaside. Yeah. Seaside. Okay, so that's two hundred miles. Two hundred miles. Yeah. Why aren't we doing this on road bikes? <laughs> be cool to do it in oh, conjunction yeah. with the race and like cheer for people as they're you know as they're running and stuff like because the corporate groups and some of the elite groups go pretty fast yeah so yeah there are some uh like there are a couple gravel stuff. sections in there dude yeah. Yeah. why are we not putting something together you, <laughs> you could have road you sections like you could have before. some mountain bike yeah. sections you could have some gravel sections and make a killer race and if you're doing it in a relay style why not make it a little bit longer yeah but, yeah because it, it takes the fast teams like 10 12 hours to do or something like that i don't know they're booking yeah i've done it like eight times i should know hoodie coast <laughs> yes no it takes them two days the fast team in one day yeah yeah the oh, 200 yeah. miles because yeah. everybody's taking like a six mile pull and if you got guys who are dropping you know, 520 yeah, pace yeah. for that yeah. then yeah. Yeah. yeah they're seriously finishing it that fast. oh they're, yes. they're flying yeah they're moving i guess i just need to crunch the numbers on it, but one day really huh yeah, yeah. So. Wow. I, mean, I think they start. I mean, they they get there late or whatever. But yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's a hold on a second. Are you sure it's that fast? Because I did. They're not, at a breakneck not, pace. They're and, not and ten hours. It would be closer to like 10, eighteen. 20, yeah, yeah, like yeah, eighteen 20, probably. Yeah. Eighteen yeah. or twenty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. They're they're running twenty miles an hour. <laughs> I told my wife, I'm like, you guys get your hood to coast team, and you guys will run from hood to coast, and we'll get my bike team, and we'll go hood to coast back to hood, and see who does it faster. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. Actually, that could be a race right that there. That actually would be interesting because. Yeah. would be close all that climbing at the end could be interesting yeah that means ooh, you, you, you have to have a running team running pretty close to six minute pace for that entire thing though they do that yeah it's pretty safe for them to go sub six the whole way because what it's it's basically an eight person team isn't it? you're cycling through i don't know i remember her are. telling me about a team it's last a year that came from japan if i'm not mistaken yeah. Yeah. and their um, goal was to break the record and they were on mm-hmm. pace until like pretty damn near close to the end. And yeah. somehow they went off course and oh. they had to backtrack and get back on course. And that cost them. No. I'll, I'll find out the, the exact specifics on that again. But she was telling me that story last year. I'm like, oh, that's heartbreaking. Dude, I would not want to be the guy that like screwed that up. Yeah. Don't you know. know? <laughs> I mean, really, it's not his fault. It's probably no. like the van or, yeah. the, you know, no, the course marshals or you right. know, who knows what yeah. it was. But yeah. 
Uh, Lance, you want to be in my hoodie coast to hood? Yeah, team? I'll, I'll do it on a bike. Yep. I'm not running that thing anymore. <laughs> there you go. I'll come up with a run team and we'll, we'll race you guys. It'll be fun. Hey, All right. Matt, do you have a last thing? Yeah, I mean, I'm always posting videos to YouTube. The one that I posted last week was um, five pro channels to watch. It was actually five pro triathletes. I really um, liked that video. Did you watch it? it? Cool. Okay. Yep, yeah. I and it. so, um, I, you know, hopefully, you know, you can dig in there. Actually, I gave a bonus one. So there was, ended up being six channels. What was the bonus one? Um, Sarah Crowley. Sarah Crowley's, yeah. Crowley. Okay. She's got a cool channel. She has a cool channel. And she's I, artsy I, with it, too. Well, it's, yeah. it's not her. She's got someone that's really helping her. And it's, oh, the, yeah. it's another group that's called Wits Up. And it's just another, like, almost kind of a production company that's helping yeah. her with her videos. And so the first couple of videos of hers are really good and worth yeah. checking out. And so, um, and then there's uh, a couple other people that help produce videos for some of these pro triathletes. And they're good. And cool. so um, I went through and I kind of listed a couple of these channels that I think people should check out. And so if you guys want to see yeah. that video, you can people, go. People commented yeah. underneath too with a couple other cool yeah. ones that people are looking for oh, yeah. more. Yeah. Um, Harry and Chris Harry and was Chris. one, which yep, is a was really cool one because yep. that's kind of two young guys coming up. But yeah. yeah. Well, and again, this is the same kind of situation where Harry is a pro triathlete and Chris, Chris is, is kind of more of a filmer guy. He's his film buddy. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. And so that's working out really well, that yep. partnership. So hopefully that sticks around. I and, hope so Because, you know, at some point I'm worried that like Chris is going to be like, I can go make films hey, somewhere. That's like, exactly what I, I think I, you know, the direction that's headed. <laughs> I can see where that's going to go. But um, yeah, you can check out that. That's uh, my channel is youtube.com slash M Legrand, M-L-E-G-R-A-N-D. Subscribe. Click that subscribe button. What's in the hopper for this coming week? Um, I have another video talking about the 945, just going over initial setup stuff. So that's kind of stuff like if you want to use Apple Pay, not Apple Pay, sorry, Garmin Pay, and if you want to, you know, get their music loaded up and stuff like that. Kind of going through the initial setup process. It's not my favorite video because it's kind of boring if you're not really into this watch or whatever. But I'm going to post it just because there's been a lot of interest in that watch. You know, like I posted a video just a little while back. It's coming up on like 2,000 views. Wow. The one, yeah, the video that I posted originally about this one is is getting close to like 7,000 views. And so it's kind of like, you know what? This is what people want to see. I'm going to post Mm -hmm. another video of this. Um, And then I'll eventually I want to talk about like switching out the watch band because I kind of want my green watch band back. So I got to talk to, I got to talk to Evan about that. I got to talk to Evan about that because I think, you know, he might take my 935. Uh-huh. But um, you can take the band, don't worry. Another thing that people should do while they're online is swing on over to iTunes or wherever they're getting their podcasts and rate this podcast. Yes, please. Probably somewhere between a five and a five. And a five. Yes. Yeah. Somewhere in that range. And, uh, you can we, maybe drop it down to a five if you really wanted yeah. to. But. Somewhere in that range. Uh, <laughs> but the, you know, if they want to as well, you have the opportunity to leave like commentary too. And, and we read that stuff. It's actually mm-hmm. really nice to read um, feedback and things like that. It's, it's definitely appreciated. I only read the positive feedback. If there's, if there's negative <laughs> feedback, if there's negative feedback, I think the best place to send that would be uh, the email, which is info at dialedpodcast.com. Is that correct? Sure. Okay, Mm -hmm. good. Uh, I think maybe that email is potentially... Also, another thing that you could do if you're sending us an email would be send us um, show ideas because when I'm coming up with show ideas, it ain't pretty. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We're really running on E if Matt's the one texting us like, I don't know, should we talk about this? I don't know. (laughs) Matt Matt came up with the idea. Oh, geez. Uh, Another place to find us would be on Facebook at Dialed Podcast on Facebook. You can find us. Yep. We'll post there occasionally and sometimes we'll even post pictures to Instagram. Also, Dialed Podcast. So hop on over there, give us a follow. We would absolutely love it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Tell your friends about it, and we will see you guys on the next one.